Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. Hey, Aaron, guess what? What? Did you know that Marvel is doing a comic about Galaxy's Edge? I actually did not know that. This is news to me. Yeah, I found this on some website called complex.com, so I, I don't really know if it's true, <laughs> but it came out today, so maybe it is. Apparently, they're doing a mini-series, a five-issue mini-series that will familiarize readers with Black Spire Outpost before you get to actually go there. Really? Okay, this is true. This is actually it's true. It's true? How do you know it's true? I just Where went to StarWars.com. This is... Oh, this is happening there. <laughs> as we started recording tonight. It's like, hey, new news came out. Let's talk about it. So people get to listen oh, as we discover that. it. Yep, StarWars.com. Marvel Journeys to Batuu, a new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge comic exclusive. Wow. Okay, so it says, in April, Journey to the... Journey to this locale in the Outer Rim in the new Marvel Star Wars comic series, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which ties which ties into the new lands opening at Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney Resort later this year. Readers of the five-issue miniseries will be the first to meet the infamous Doc Ondar, the Athorian collector of rare antiques, and find out what happens when the First Order reaches the edge of wild space. The key to saving this lawless outpost might just involve a job pulled long ago by none other than Han Solo and his cohort, Chewbacca. Whoa! So this comes out in April, and the land is rumored to open in June? I think. I okay. think so. So five issues. Hmm. So we're going to get wow. one, every, one every couple weeks, I guess, maybe? Hmm. It doesn't say, but this is actually really interesting, and it sort of helps build hype for the theme park, but I think it's cool that they're doing it in comic form. At least it's not a novel. Like, this will be easier for people to digest. Yeah. I mean, they've they've kind of started dropping stuff about Galaxy's Edge, or at least the location of Galaxy's Edge, into the books, like mm -hmm. into... We were just talking about the uh, uh, Flight of the Falcon series, and then they did that in the Thrawn book. So, so yeah, we're getting little sprinkles of it, but this sounds like it's going to be very focused. Wow. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, Ethan Sachs is the writer on the project, it looks like, and he said in this interview that he did with Kristen Baver, he says, our series will give fans a chance to visit Black Spire Outpost months ahead of voyaging to Batu in person, armed with top secret sketches and information from Walt Disney, Imagineering, and Lucasfilm. We are keeping this authentic to the spirit of this rich new setting. And then he says, I tell you more, but I already have the death sentence on 12 systems. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's really neat. Yeah, that is. So cool. Do you think you would read this one like issue by issue, or are you going to wait? I mean, I'd be curious enough, especially since it's depending on when Galaxy's Edge opens. Um, I'd want to read it before going, so I'll probably read it as it come out. But it's not like 
It's not like you're going to go on opening day. We I already might. had this discussion. That's crazy. That's insane. You said not you wouldn't Amy... go. I never said I wouldn't go. Not even Amy Ratcliffe wants to go on opening day. And how do we know that, Aaron? How do we know she said that? She said that in our interview with her. Yeah. <laughs> and we actually have an interview with Amy Ratcliffe, who is the author of Star Wars Women of the Galaxy, the book that we reviewed on our previous episode, episode 96. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure you go and listen to that review of that book. But we got to sit down and talk to her for a little while. Yeah, we had a short interview with her. Uh, we did have a couple internet issues, so there was a couple spots yeah. that kind of get a little iffy. But for the most yeah. part, it's pretty. It's a pretty clear discussion. Um, I think it ended up being about twenty minutes. Yeah, and uh, the internet issues are completely my fault. So any audio problems, you can blame on Teresa. Uh, my internet knows it's getting ready to go away and be replaced with Google Fiber, so it's pitching a hissy fit. Uh, it's in protest. So it's in protest. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll yeah, blame so you your blame protesting internet. Yeah, blame that. <laughs> but why don't you guys grab your favorite cup of blue milk? I or guess calf. I don't know. Or calf. I guess calf is like. Do they have lattes in Star Wars? What's I mean, fancy think, coffee in Star Wars? I think calf like covers any coffee-based drink. But no, I want to know what fancy coffee is. Fancy coffee? I don't know. I feel like there was an episode of Rebels where they talked about a certain type of calf. But I forget the name of it. Isn't it in Rebels where they talk about Star Wars pancakes or waffles or something? Um, That's in Rebels. I know in Freemaker Adventures they had pancakes. Uh, I think the waffles are in Rebels. Maybe it was in Freemakers. I don't remember. (laughs) But anyway... Grab your cup of calf, sit back, relax, and here is our interview with Amy Ratcliffe. Well, we are back with our second episode this month, and we are very excited because we have our friend Amy Ratcliffe here with us. She is the managing editor at Nerdist. She contributes to StarWars.com, has her own podcast, Lattes with Leia, and of course, she's the author of Star Wars Women of the Galaxy, which we just reviewed. Hey, Amy. Hi, thank you for having me on the show, both of you. Yeah, thank you for reviewing the book. Yeah, we don't know if you got a chance to listen to the show where we reviewed it, but uh, we gushed over it. No, thank you. No, I would be way too, like, I'm so, like, I'm shy about, like, and not in your face scared, but sometimes scared of, like, reviews, so I haven't been... That's good to know. Thank you. Well, ours is safe if you feel so compelled. But we also wanted to wish you a big happy birthday. Thank you very much. You're a year older. We'll see if any more wisdom happens. Maybe. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows, really? So, Aaron, I'm going to let you start this off because you were really excited about this first question. (laughs) Yeah, this is the silly question that we have. But I wanted to ask you about... Because I'm such a big fan of the Jedi. And one of the things I think about is like, what color lightsaber would I have? So I was wondering, Amy, if you were a Jedi, what color would your kyber crystal be? I gotta go with purple. It is my favorite color. So I don't know if that's the best reason to pick a, like, a kyber crystal color, but that's what I'm going with. I would do the same thing, so it's perfectly fine. 
purple all over the place. Aaron would pick blue. Blue's good. Good classic choice. Yeah, blue would be a good choice, but I feel like like half of the Jedi would have blue, and you guys would be way more unique with purple, like just hanging out with Mace Windu. I don't know if I'd be hanging out with Mace, but, you know. (laughs) You're still mad at Mace. I'm still mad at Mace. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fair. Like, who abandoned their fellow Jedi oh so awful that episode is still so vivid in my mind (laughs) all right Amy so this is your first Star Wars book right yes it is okay tell us a little bit about how the book came to be you know I I feel so fortunate that I got that like just like this email kind of no completely out of the blue from my, who would end up being my editor at Chronicle Books, asking if I was interested in, in potentially like talking more about a project about female characters in Star Wars. And that's obviously a no brainer. And I I just couldn't believe, I still even, I'm like, yeah, that happened. And, and there's a book now and I, it's very surreal. And once we chatted and I heard more about the project and that it was really meant to celebrate these characters rather than um, only doing straightforward profiles because other books do those and they do them really well. So like the combination of the tone and uh, getting to have so many different artists contribute, I was like, please, yes, I really want to do this. And I submitted writing samples. And then once those got approved, it went, it went very fast (laughs) from there, putting it together. And it's just been... It's a dream, a dream come true is a cliche thing to say, but it's true. That's something I really wanted to do and dreamed of doing. And I can't think of like, which is like the best first book I could have had. I would have been happy with any first Star Wars book, but this one was very close to my heart. And I know you're a big fan of the character of Ahsoka. And this, um, you even kind of mentioned it in the intro of the book, how uh, Ahsoka had kind of inspired you. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about her character and kind of how you came to love her so much. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because my cat Ahsoka is crawling around on me right now trying to decide if she wants to. You know, cats. They don't mm-hmm. want to lay down. I don't want to lay down. Now can you pet me? So anyway, Ahsoka, she is a character that you know, kind of through my interest in her and writing about her is how I figured out what I wanted to be when I grew up because I started a blog in part because of Clone Wars. And then on the other side of that, like Ashley Eckstein really helped when I was starting out and worked with me, like putting me in touch with Lucasfilm publicity and helping grow my career that way. So Ahsoka's kind of like Carrie Fisher to me in that way and Leia, like Ahsoka and Ashley, both are very important to me. And Keeping it to the fictional character, though, I think it was really a a privilege to watch Ahsoka grow up through the Clone Wars and then into Rebels and watch her transform from this very kind of petulant uh, young Padawan who learned how to be a Jedi during a time of war, which is that the Jedi were involved in, which is really uh, messed up in a way, to becoming this... You know, it was really just a delight to see her come back in Rebels and be this kind of wise mentor, mentor, mentor figure to 
Ezra. I'm like, that's not how you say that word. Um, and I appreciate like that she grew, that she owned her mistakes when she made them and picked up and kept going. And mostly that even after she left the Jedi, after Order 66, she could have chosen a life of exile on a planet, um, sipping the, the Star Wars version of Mai Tai somewhere. And instead she got back in the fight and became Fulcrum and has never walked away. And so I admire all of that. And then I translate it to like my life when I'm writing, like if so, if Ahsoka can come back and fight the empire, I can probably finish writing 500 words. (laughs) (laughs) Completely the same thing. Oh, it is. It's totally the same thing. So what I noticed is that some of the characters in the book were kind of obscure. Did you have any say in what characters would be included or did they kind of already give you a list of who was going to be in it? I had a list that was pretty much uh, baked and ready to go, but they were very kind, both Chronicle and Lucasfilm, to hear my feedback on it. So in some cases, um, like the Canto Bite collection of short stories came out right around the time when I was working on this book. And I fell in love with Darla Pitas, who's in um, The Wine of Dreams. And I think she's just so business savvy. And, uh, you know, she's a sommelier. And I was like, I would, I would please like to, can we just include her? And um, I like talked about like, let's give the handmaidens a little more real estate. Uh, and conversely, like, maybe let's, like, Aunt Brew, unfortunately, we don't know a lot about her. So maybe let's let's knock that back. So there was a good dialogue about kind of just, like, personal feelings about characters and also, like, what do we realistically know? I'd tell you one of the hardest characters to even write a short amount about was Cammy, Because... Mm-hmm. She appeared in deleted scenes from A New Hope and only like two, you know, not very many. And then you like, yeah, you have the radio drama. And then she popped up in the Last Jedi novelization. But I was just, that was how I was like, okay, Cammy. Well, I got two sentences. What else can (laughs) I learn? Well, what type of research did you have to do for some of those characters? Like, Like Cammy, for example. It was a lot of like diving into um, the weeds as I mean, not only obviously in books or comics that they were in, but I'm like, what making of information can I find about this character? Maybe if I dig through one of Rensler's incredible making of books, I can find something mentioned in an early draft or maybe a comment during the shooting day with some information. So it was trying to piece together in universe and then information from the behind-the-scenes books and making up books and any interviews maybe the actresses had done. So it was like really cobbling together a bunch of different resources. It I'm was sure, fun. I'm sure as you were kind of going through and researching, you probably were learning a lot about these characters, especially these obscure characters. Um, was there anything like surprising or cool that you learned about a character? so much especially with characters in the comics because I'm just not I always wait for trade paperbacks and so I get behind I feel like very quickly so there was definitely uh, Princess Trios in the Darth Vader comics was one but a more recent one was Joe Costa New because obviously she's 
in the films, in the Clone Wars, maybe just in actually a film. Just is she more than Attack the Clones? I don't remember. If she's not, in the I don't know. Or not? I don't think no. she is. No. Yeah, I think it's just Clone Wars. Or yeah. Clones, yeah. Yeah. So like, and I think that's automatic. Just on the surface, like if she's Jedi Archive, like, like that's a cool title, Jedi Librarian. But then to like get her history in the recent, recent-ish, Darth Vader comic, um, and you know, kind of the fresh run by uh, Charles Sewell in, is it Common Coley who does the art on that? I'm spacing, but you know, she survives the Order sixty six. I don't want to spoil it more in case anyone has read, but she comes back and does this like incredibly brave, like most librarian thing you could do. And I thought, I'm like, huh. I just like gained a whole new level of respect for her. That was like that kind of stuff that was a joy, like stumble upon along the way. Yeah, that is cool. And so we do some the similar thing. We wait for the trade. So we're just as far behind as you. So, and I don't think we've done that one yet. So you didn't spoil anything because I don't really care, but that'll be interesting when we get there. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, and I just, you caught up on more of that arc and I'm like, it's, it's very good. So good. <laughs> Now, speaking of art, there's amazing artwork in this book, so much so that I was contemplating getting a second book so that I could chop it up and collage the art into oh, something. Oh, that's a good idea. But did you get to see the artwork before you wrote the book, or did it come along in the middle of it? Kind of in the middle. Definitely not before, but kind of in the middle of edits. As kind of as I turned in my first draft and then this period until I started doing edits, you know, Chronicle had quite the task and I don't envy them of, you know, finding all those artists and, and divvying up the characters. Because I think there are a hundred and like 10 illustrations, over a hundred. And so one, like, I just marveled that they, that they herded all, herded all those cats and, and got just incredible pieces out of it and so once in a while as we were doing edits I would get like nice emails from uh, my editor at Chronicle Steve Marcus and be like okay here here's a rough sketch of whoever it is and those were just like when you're like in the <laughs> in that part of it and just kind of trying to get to the end and, and trying to address things you didn't do right the first time like it was kind of a reward I don't know if Steve knew that and was sending them as a reward. He probably did. He's experienced, but I was just so happy to get those like, Oh, this is what it's going to be. It's all going to be fine. It's going to be beautiful. Cause I think they all it just nailed it. Like so much like of, of the characters personalities, I feel like just like radiates off the, of each piece of art. And I think it's so pretty. I think they're all pretty. They are pretty. They're amazing. Fierce, pretty, all those things. <laughs> Teresa, you're going to be mad at me because I'm blanking on the name of the Ewok that made it into the book. Nisa! Nisa, Nisa. okay. Nisa! I, I think that illustration is so cool. And that was one, like, Jenny Parks did that. And I'd been following her for, like, I think at least a few years on social media because she's known for taking like pick a fandom and making the characters into cats so like there are yes. doctor who cats supernatural cats she has a book uh that got licensed about star trek cats so 
I'm like, how perfect that this is the character you're illustrating. And also well, that, like, I met her and I was like, I have your supernatural cat magnet on my fridge. Like, I just fangirled. Well, no, it's awesome because Nisa looks so fluffy. Like, she looks like you can pet her. Yes, and also she'll stab you. Yeah. So <laughs> I have to definitely give you props for the uh, the the line where you said something about her having an animated history. That was yeah, very that right? was clever. I was, pretty, I was pretty proud of that. Thank you. Yeah, that I was, was proud and ashamed, but more proud. <laughs> so some people are are dubbing 2019 as the year of Star Wars, with all the cool stuff that we have coming up with Galaxy's Edge, and I know you're a big Disney parks enthusiast, um, and then also Episode Nine and and a bunch of other things. So like, what or what are maybe what's the biggest thing you're excited for in 2019? Oh man, there really is a lot. Even I was just going through a list the other day, and I think I forgot things. If Clone Wars is coming back in 2019, and I don't actually know if they've announced a date, I feel like they've just said launching with the Disney streaming service or something vague. So, okay, here's my... If it, Clone Wars is if Clone Wars saved is back in 2019, that's the thing. If it's not 2019, then it's Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, because even though... I even though Star Wars. Yeah, but even though Galaxy's Edge on opening day is probably going to have like 200,000 people. It's going to be insane. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I will say I am more excited for Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios than I am in Disneyland because Disneyland already, like, we already tiny. We already crowded um, people-wise, so. Well, and the plus side... The plus side of Hollywood Studios is that you have the have Pixar Place to take some of the little children away. Like, <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. We so they can have, go. Yeah, we don't really have that. Yeah, they can go ride Slinky Dog while we go fly Millennium Falcons. Are you gonna be? Are you gonna brave like an opening, you know, opening season for that? Or are you gonna wait it out a little bit? No way. I'm hoping that I will get a press preview. That's my dream. I hope a media preview, but I don't think I can go. Like I think 10 to 15 years ago, Amy would have been like, yeah, let's go get in line at midnight and whatever it's going to be, we'll be there for opening day. And I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a little scared of opening day. That's what I said. I said that was yeah. the exact same thing. Okay, well, speaking of Clone Wars, since you were saying if that does come out in 2019, then that would be your thing. We just wanted to ask you this. Can you tell us a little bit about getting to moderate the Clone Wars Returns panel at San Diego Comic-Con and, like, you didn't know it was being announced and all that stuff? Yeah, that was insane and such a great and I just... I feel so like I was over the moon that I got to be in in the room, but I definitely took a lot of processing afterwards because I straight up do not remember anything that happened after they showed the trailer <laughs> um, because I was just like in shock. So Lucas Holman asked me about doing that, like just like we have an animation panel at Comic-Con and I was like, cool, I'm not going to Comic-Con. And they're like, oh, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to go. And um, cause I, I've been a lot and I get burnt out and it's usually a lot of work, all those things. And then I, I ran into some more folks from Lucasfilm and they're like, you should really go. And I'm like, but why? They're like, you just should, you should just do it. 
I'm like, hmm. I, and I thought my, like, I had no idea. So I was like, okay, like, yes, I'll go. Let's do this. And they, so they told me, once they told me, I was like this, I was still so excited. They're like, oh, it's a 10th anniversary panel for the Clone Wars. I was like, I think it's so cool that Lucasfilm is celebrating this. So, you know, it means so much to fans. It got canceled. How, like, awesome that they're kind of doing this, like, not outreach, because that's not how they meant it. But I'm like, I think it's awesome that you're showing you all still care about this story and this and this series. And I had a kind of panel rundown, because as always, when you if you moderate anything with Dave Filoni, you have to be very mindful of time, because he likes to give long answers. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it's like looking at time and like trying to make sure, okay, like I want to make sure everybody has a chance to talk. Uh, so we're looking over this panel rundown and the end just said a sizzle reel. And I was like, well, that's nice. Like if they have Kevin Yost cut that together, he makes great trailers. Like he'll make a nice sizzle reel and we'll all have warm, fuzzy feelings. And I'm making this a long story. Sorry. <laughs> um, then the night before the panel in San Diego, like I had dinner the panelists and uh, Tracy, the Lucasfilm PR person, and, and Dave Filoni, and he was just kind of giving me, like, he's like, oh, you know, this is probably going to be the last Clone Wars panel we ever do, so I just want to make sure it's good. Um, like, classic classic Dave troll. Yeah. Because um, I'm like, because uh, I was already, I'm like, yeah, I want it to be good, too. Like, that's exactly why I'm nervous about this. So they kept it a secret, and I was even when it started, I was like, oh, they added some new things. That's cool. They made a little bit of new footage for the sizzle reel. Like, it took so long for me to understand that I'm like, oh, no, this this is not just a sizzle reel. <laughs> um, and I, I cried. And then we watched it again. I'm pretty sure that's what happens. <laughs> um, and then it ended. And, and that was, and everybody in that room lost their minds. It's like just the loudest, like it was like being in a, in the panel where they, we watched the Force Awakens trailer celebration. Like it was a smaller room, but on that level. And I just like such a gift that I got to do that. And I'm just convinced like they just like to not tell me things and watch me cry in public. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. And it's they, cause they did that to you with Rebels too. So <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's a pattern. It's so cool that they were able to figure out a way to keep it a secret from everybody because in this day and age, it's so, like, with all the leaks and everything, it's hard to keep those kind of secrets. So the fact that, like, I mean, I was completely shocked when I saw that, and I know you you were too. Um, you know, that was just something that I never thought I'd see the, you know, kind of more episodes of, of that series. So it's it's really cool that they were able to surprise the fans with that. Yeah, same. I, I would never expected that announcement. And like, like, I've never, you know, like you said, like, I didn't hear rumors about it. Like, so many, like, they kept that locked down. I mean, yeah, yeah I was really impressed. <laughs> well, Amy, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to find you and see the kind of all the things that you're doing out there, where is a good place to do that? Oh, thank you for having me on the show. Um, first of all, and folks can find me where can they find me? Um, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Amy underscore geek. And you can find my uh, writing on uh, Nerdist.com and StarWars.com. Awesome. 
All right. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll we'll be talking to you when uh, you do Women of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, that'd be the best. (laughs) I'm like, fingers crossed. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Cool. Thank you both. And um, hopefully I'll see you at Celebration. Yes. I always love talking to Amy. There's something about her tone of voice. Like she has this very calming effect in her tone of voice, you know? She's so chill. I know, but also she's such a boss. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, she's also like IDGF uh, or IDGAF? IDGAF. But she's just so calming i love that about her and i love that she would not go to galaxy's edge on opening day just like me (laughs) (laughs) maybe after probably i'm getting too old because that's how i feel yeah maybe i don't know i feel like i am i'm getting too old for a lot of things but for this it just depends it depends on what they announce as far as events and stuff like if there's some kind of special special preview like she was talking about like if if she got invited to some special thing that she would definitely go so yeah that's different though that's not the crowds of the normal people on opening day that's a totally different thing well that's what i'm saying if i can get into either like a special press event or if i can get into some kind of preview night where they they charge a ton of money and you you just get in there for like a few hours Yes, but again, that's different. We're talking about opening day. Put all the preview night possible options off to the side. Would you be there on opening day? And and keep this in mind because this is something I feel like I always have to remind you. You don't want to get older. So you always constantly try to do stuff to make it seem like you're not getting older to yourself. <laughs> you think that's what this is? I think that's what I this is. I can hang is. with the young kids. I can go sit out outside of Disneyland for hours waiting for special I, land to open. I don't think you or I can anymore. I really don't. Yeah. We'll see. I, I'm going to wait for some announcements first before I get excited enough to make a decision about if I'm going to go opening weekend or whatever. Oh, man. Looking forward to that and me having to knock some sense into you. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep reminding me how old I am, Teresa. I will. I will. I'm good at that. All right. Well, if you guys want to interact with us in between shows, there are several ways to do that. You can find us on Twitter. We are at SWBookworms. Our email is StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com. And we're also on Facebook. And we have our Facebook group. So if you guys want to check out our Facebook group or join it, Head over to Facebook and send us a request and we'll get you in there. Yeah, but you have to answer questions before we let you in. And if you don't answer the questions, I'm not going to let you in. <laughs> People have been Period. really good about answering the questions lately, I noticed. Yeah, so. yeah. but still, just saying. <laughs> you can fo- also find us over on iTunes. Um, all of our episodes are over there and you can also leave us a review. So if you haven't left, left us a review yet, we'd love for you to leave one. And we really like the five-star reviews. They're the best this time. Yes. And you can find Teresa on Instagram and Twitter at IceColdPenguin. You can find me at A.B. Goins. And until next time... Keep on reading, and may the Force be with you. <laughs>